Hi, good, good afternoon, good evening. Um, my name is Tiana, I'm a food addict. Um, my phone number is 617-504-2660. If anybody would like to reach out, I'm happy to chat. Um, I'm qualified to speak at this meeting. Um, I have more than, I don't know, 1990s been when I came into this program at uh, 300 pounds and I've kept off almost all of that weight um, since then. I have enjoyed the benefits of this program, the benefits of the freedom that abstinence, um, and I, I will define my abstinence, but the freedom that abstinence gives me um, First off, not being in a body that's 150 pounds heavier than I am now, and uh, the freedom of having that crazy hamster wheel of what what do I eat next going through my mind. Um, abstinence gives me the relief from that peculiar mental twist that um, this disease and any kind of, of the isms that is described in the big book. It gives me relief from there, and the steps have brought me the recovery in my life that has been um, real, uh, a real gift from my higher power. Um, I came into program in 1990, and I think I was like 39 um, years old. I'm currently almost 72. My um, experience initially with OA was with uh, a very small group here. I live in the Boston area, and it was uh, too much. I couldn't deal with both giving up the food and finding a higher power. And the, the God talk kind of got to me. So um, I stayed for a little while. I lost 25 pounds really quickly. I was about 250 when I came in, and I went back out. Uh, which is what happens for a lot of us who are, you know, I feel like I'm a genuine addict. I could not pull myself out of the food. I tried everything, including a protein spared fast where I had to go in and blow my air, blow air into a machine to make sure I was in ketosis. And then I watched videos that were um, geared towards helping reframe my thinking, but food was always on my mind. Um, I had given up alcohol <clears throat> and uh, all the other recreational drugs I had been doing a few years before that. And once I put that down, my eating got even worse. I uh, always needed to have something to uh, deaden the feelings. Um, I was raised in a fairly uh, chaotic household. My mother and father were European uh, and uh, ended up in Argentina after World War II, which is where I was born. And so I had the outsider feeling for most of my life, uh, which being 300 pounds actually was uh, just an extension of that. I didn't speak English until I went to school. And uh, my father died when I was about seven and my mother was pregnant. So there was always this like, uh, things would be great if only. And um, I started eating, um, Seriously, uh, you could see it on my body when I was seven. Before that, it was always food was luscious and social. And um, my background is uh, I was raised in an Italian household. Although my father was uh, Polish, uh, we didn't ever have Polish food. But it was always this gathering and family. And um, when my uh, parents came to Boston, it was uh, my aunt lived here and she had three grown children. So it was a big, it was a big clan. 
And part of that was uh, I was three and my cousins were in their 20s. And so I was fond over. I loved to tap dance for applause and I would get treats. And it was like a puppy almost. Uh, they, they just uh, really fawned all that attention on me. And um, by the time I was in grammar school, like second or third grade, I was, my father had died and I was eating secretly. I was always a secret eater. My mother and my sisters, I have two sisters, one um, a year older than me, who uh, she died several years ago, and um, one who's eight. And they were always uh, sitting together on the couch, and I was always sitting on the floor or sitting in a different chair. I was never really felt ever really part. Um, so food was my friend. Um, we weren't allowed to play with the neighborhood kids because they weren't uh, up to a mother's standard of class, we'll just say. So I spent a lot of time in books, reading, reading, reading. I loved to read. I still do. Um, but that's not uh, a helpful habit or escape when really uh, human beings are social and other people had friends. And I was just outside everything for the longest time. Um, I went to an all-girls high school and did not last very long there. In Boston, we have, we have a thing called Boston Latin School, and it starts in seventh grade and goes through 12th grade. And I, it's an exam school, and I took the exam and passed it and went to this wonderfully elite public school and couldn't hack it. I gained weight like crazy, but I could not focus enough to study. And so I ended up in a public high school, uh, which was still a, 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 an excellent experience. But uh, put on weight, uh, put on weight. We sat in cafeteria and I always had brought my lunch. And I remember once somebody said to me, the boys and the girls were separated. Uh, like I said, I graduated high school in 69. So we're talking years ago, but we were separated. And I remember one of the guys from one of my classes said to me, you know, I sit where I can see you eating lunch. And I think, how come you're so fat if that's all you ever eat? <laughs> and I was, in my mind, I was not so fat, but it was the impression that um, uh, I, I always ate in private and having to eat in public was always a tiny bit of food because I was ashamed. And shame really drove my behaviors. Um, and I did all the, all the stuff that was popular in the 1960s, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll era, uh, Harvard Square and the Boston Common covered with hippies and um, went off to college and discovered uh, that's when I really started to do uh, drinking and smoking um, illegal substances. And I didn't eat when I was drinking like that. And I lost a lot of weight and started to date and ended up married. And uh, by the time I was, I was almost 21 when I got married uh, to someone who was always, it still is very, very thin. Um, so I always, his name is John. And I always thought we're like Jack Spratt and his wife, Jack Spratt could eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean, that little story. And uh, that was us, uh, me being eventually 300 pounds. I had three kids before I was 25 and um, just always, always, always used food for my loneliness, for my social anxieties, whatever. You could put all kinds of reasons on it, but I really accept that I'm a food addict, that something in my brain is not like other people when it comes to food. Uh, weighing 300 pounds, I'm only five foot four. Well, I used to be, I'm now five foot three and three quarters. As you age, you shrink in that aspect. But, uh, you know, that's not normal. 
uh, and there's no one else in my family who was overweight. Uh, it was just me, and I was also the uh, the um, the only one that ever uh, ended up in a padded cell, which I did for a month. I was really every time I was pregnant, someone in the family died, and I started to equate my life with death. And um, I wanted to I wanted to die, and I spent a month in, in intensive therapy, and uh, I'm still here and have not had the need to get that drastic again. But that's when programs started to give me the tools to get through a day without hurting myself, get through a day without uh, binging. Um, the, the, I have not been abstinent every single day since I came in June 1st, 1990. I had 12 years, uh, and then I, I ran away from home. I left my, uh, my husband. My kids were already grown and out of the house. And... Uh, started to really feel sorry for myself and I got slippery with my food. I never, my, my abstinence is defined um, as three way to measured meals a day. I eat no flour, no sugar. Um, personally don't do caffeine because I won't sleep. I could stay up for days if I had caffeine, but um, you know, keeping my food clean, there, there are no binge. I live alone. So I keep no binge foods in my house. There are things that I cannot have in the house. Um, if the bag is open, it's one serving. I don't care how big that bag is. And uh, I have grandchildren who used to spend weekends with me, although since uh, COVID and I got sick a couple of years ago, they don't. But I could never have their food. They would go home with everything. Because I learned that I needed boundaries and discipline. And the boundaries would be around what I would eat, when I ate, and uh, the respect for the food. And I have a great respect for my binge foods. I have a sponsor I work with. Uh, I, I talk to usually an hour. We do turnarounds uh, and uh, big book step study process stuff on Sundays. But I touch base. I commit my food. Um, in 19, yeah, 19, in 2019, um, I was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, I had the treatments that uh, I had uh, surgeries. I had a couple of biopsies first, and then I had chemotherapy, and I had radiation therapy, and then I'm on a drug that makes me feel achy, and all of that, my sponsor, every single day that I was doing chemo, when people said, oh, you're, going to, you're just going to be sick, what well, can you eat, you know, you get all these side effects, and my sponsor, every single day, worked with me on how do you feel, what are you going to eat today, commit that and eat it. And it was a, a godsend to come out of the other end of that with my abstinence. Um, uh, so today I have the same, the same sponsor, the same process. I do my three meals a day and I have no, uh, no exceptions to my binge foods. There's no, like not one bite, not one time because I, the, in the big book, the guy that thinks it's a good idea to put, uh, whiskey in his milk, like my brain would do that um, if I had it here and I was uh, not working a strong program. Um, I sponsor several women. I, I'm taking someone through the process, which uh, helps keep me sane and sober. Um, uh, like I said, abstinence is, is the relief from the peculiar mental twist and that recursive thinking where you just go round and round and the uh, steps are where the recovery is. And recovery to me is about healing. Um, I wasn't a bad person. I was, and I still consider myself a sick person, but I was working towards healing 
not just towards losing weight. Because if that were the issue, I could just stop. But when I tried that a few years ago, um, I just kind of got away from meetings. I had a relationship I was in for a while, and uh, he would come. He lived in Europe. He would come for summers, and um, we would just go fishing on the weekends. And so that meeting, that committed meeting, would go away. And I found myself just not weighing and measuring and making those exceptions. I gained weight. Uh, I gained a lot of weight and um, came back into program in 2017 and have been working with that sponsor since. Um, time matters, and the tightness with which I work my program matters. Uh, and that I do by um, doing service when I can. And again, um, my being late to this meeting, my phone was uh, performing an, an automatic update, which um, I allow it to because that's the thingy that I click that says automatic update on. And I was completely freaked out because my commitment to show up whether it's for a meeting or for a sponsee, for my calls that I take. I'm retired and I'm still getting up at 6 a.m. for sponsee calls and work. Um, but it makes me grateful for the ability to both do that. I retired a year ago and uh, I'm busy. I'm really busy. The, the gift that God gave me personally is uh, that I'm a, um, I work with people and I coach them through their writing and I run a memoir group for the senior center and I get to hear people's life stories in humorous or really uh, uh, emotional ways. And so my life is really full. I have three grandchildren that live near me and uh, two of them uh, play sports. And so several times a week, I, I load the, uh, the, the uh, ice in my trunk and I bring the whatever drink the, uh, the kid wants, the 14 year old, and uh, I show up. And sometimes I show up and his parents can't show up because of their jobs. So I'm so grateful so grateful that the fear of traveling into downtown Boston during rush hour to see a soccer match is not holding me back from living my life. Um, and my seven-year-old granddaughter uh, just started uh, playing ball this weekend. And she can say, Nona, are you coming? And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. Bell's on. It's just the biggest gift that the antisocial, not wanting to be around people and wanting to isolate and stay home and read and write and uh, watch television as well. Like those things do not drive my life. And uh, I couldn't say that before. Um, I was a, a secret midnight eater. My ex worked a lot. My ex-husband worked a lot and he would be in bed by about 8.30 at night and I'd put the kids to bed and just binge until I passed out. You don't get to be 300 pounds by just overeating a little Five bit. Five-minute warning. Thank you. Um, and so that's that's the, the benefit of sticking it out, sticking through all of the tough places, like the breakup of a marriage or moving. I moved from Massachusetts to New Jersey and realized after a couple of years that it was a mistake. And I, I just put it in the universe. I said, God, I need to go home. And within a couple of weeks, it had worked out. I had gotten a job offer that I wasn't expecting through a, actually a program friend. And I found myself back here and where I'm supposed to be. Like, I find that that's, it's a weird thing to sort of attribute to the program, but the spirituality of taking quiet time and asking God to just put me where I need to be, uh, it works. It just, it works. Um, I'm not super willful 
Um, I do have my routines and I would love to do more traveling and more fishing, but I'm also not willing to travel with people who don't understand why I eat the way I eat. <laughs> um, so uh, I really, my life is full in its nooks and crannies of things that bring me joy. And there are tough times too. There, there are times when, um, you know, I just have to have a good cry and that's okay. That's okay. All of my emotions are valid. You have a feeling, it's valid. What you do with it, you know, it's, uh, that's the question. Like, what do I do with the feelings? Do I eat? Do I sit and think about it? And for me, I'm a writer. So I sit and I might write about it. And uh, it, it's all working path because it's a process. It's not one and done. And it's not uh, you lose the weight and stop coming. Uh, but keep coming. If you're still struggling, and I'll wrap here. If you're still struggling with eating or still struggling with your weight or your body, uh, just start to accept yourself. Take deep breaths. Breathe in. Take walks. Remind yourself that you're a, a human on this earth and a social creature and you need people. And I feel like the only place I really feel belonging, not just trying to fit in, but belonging, is in my OA groups. And I never feel outside or um, not part of the group. No matter how I feel, that's where I go for my acceptance and my support. So uh, again, my name is Tiana, and I am a full-blown food addict. And my phone number in the Boston area, which is Eastern time, is 617-504-2660. And remember to tell your stories, even if you tell it on paper, not out loud, because we're all valid human beings, and we all have valuable things to offer, even if we're not in a good place. You can always, even if you're not abstinent, you can always offer your experience and your support and emotional strength and hope to other people in the program that are struggling just the same way you are and that we all did, which is why we're still here. Uh, thank you for letting me do service, and um, I pass now. <laughs>